Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk, a traditional Wiccan podcast where we will discuss topics affecting the Pagan community from a traditionalist perspective. The topics we discuss are picked from our magical hat and the discussions are unscripted. The talks will be led by Lady Keegan, second degree priestess. She's joined by Lord Chase Knight Smith, elder and high priest of third degree. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk. I'm Oswin, and I'm filling in for Lady Keegan. I'm here talking with Lord Knight about ethics and morals. How are you? I'm fine, and you? I'm doing good. All right. You got your magical hat? <laughs> or the magical hat, should I say? The magical hat, yes. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and what subject are you pulling out of the magical hat today? Today we have ethics and morals. <laughs> Thought you might like that. Well, first question we have to ask ourselves on this is what's what's ethics and what's morals? Well, let's see. According to Webster Dictionary, morals are concerning or relating to what is right and wrong uh, in human behavior. Or two, based on what you think is right and good. Or three, considered right and good by most people, agreeing with a standard of right behavior. Ethics is considered, according to Cambridge Dictionary, uh, is the study of what is morally right and wrong, or a set of beliefs about what is morally right and wrong. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. The class I had in on ethics, the way it was explained to me, and I could be wrong here, ethics is set up more by society, where morals are more individual. To give you an example of what I mean like this, you have two kids raised in a house with alcoholics. One might not drink at all, and the other one might. You know, the first kid might see it as morally all right to drink where the other one won't. So morals are very personal, even in families. Okay. All right. Where ethics, I think, why ethics do affect our morals, but that's more from our society, what we learn from our parents, um, from churches, from our religions, from school, and stuff like that. Now, to me, ethics can be more easily changed into laws versus morals. Because you got business people out there, they think it's all right to cheat somebody, but other people might not. There's no crime against that. So I don't see where you can regulate people's morals. Does that make sense? So would you say morals are more like a religious guideline? It's more of a personal guideline. Okay. Where you might see it wrong to go out and go hunting for animals, and somebody else might not. Again, okay. you're, th th these are moral standards. This is your standard where you're not going to cross a line, and this is where this other person will. Morals in a civilization is not always equal among everybody. What you might think is moral and what somebody else thinks is moral could be completely different, even in your own family. 
Okay. Um, is it possible that morals could be ethical? Yes. And there is a possibility that our ethics from society might shape our morals. Like in our ethics, we think it's wrong to murder people, which shape our morals that it's just wrong to randomly go around killing people for no reason whatsoever, you know, just to do it. Okay. You know, but again, you also have to remember when we're looking at morals, there are people out there who do think it's okay. They have no problem with this. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Ethically, yes, it's wrong. Morally, it could probably questionable. be questionable. It could be debated. Okay. So what shapes our morals? Uh, life's experiences, fear. You know, I mean, again, if you're afraid of something, you're not going to do it. So if you're, if you're, I don't know about you, I know when I was raised up, at a certain age, I had to go out and sit outside the garden with my little twenty-two or my pellet gun, whichever one I had over at grandma's house, and shoot the squirrels out of the garden, and along with blackbirds and stuff like this. Other people might not see this moral. I don't have a problem with this because I understand these are pests in a garden. Right. So morally, the idea there is that you have to feed your family and that these things are stopping you. Where other people might go, well, how dare you? It's just a cute little squirrel. Am I making sense there? Yeah, I think so, yeah. You know, that's why I think morals are very more personalized. Because it does explain where in the world you can have these people that are raised in like the same household in the same settings and stuff. And one person will shoplift. The other person won't. Okay. When you're looking at ethics, we're talking about a society. And even then, ethics changes even within, like, countries. The United States has a particular set of morals and beliefs as a whole. But there are regional ethics and morals in certain areas of the country that don't match up with each other. There are certain things we can get away with in California, like smoking pot that you can't like on the eastern seaboard in North Carolina. People in North Carolina think this is immoral to do. Some of these people think it's immoral in North Carolina, but the people in California and Colorado don't. Okay, well then, question is, what shapes our ethics? You say it's societal-based, but how does society determine what is ethical and what is not? Well, I mean, your first introduction to all this is through your parents, being right Southern, (laughs) especially that older Southern. I used to have a job up in Maryland, and the lady I worked for, very nice lady, I had a lot of respect for her. In the South, women in uh, positions of authority are referred to as ma'am. It has nothing to do with your age. It is supposed to be a sign of respect. Me and my boss had a big problem with this because she would say something and I would go, yes, ma'am. And she would be like, well, that makes me feel old. And I'd have to explain to her, no, from my culture to up here, it's a little bit different. This is a sign of respect, not has nothing to do with your age. So, yes, you can have a 14-year-old girl in charge of your choir service. And, yes, a southern person is expected to refer to them as yes, ma'am, because they're in a position of authority. 
It is to show respect for that. Okay, so, but is that ethics or is that morals? That's ethics. That's ethics because that's just what's done in the South. Right. Versus what's done up North. I mean, and again, from North Carolina to this part of Maryland, we're not talking about a big, long drive. We're talking about a day drive. Yes, it is a long drive, but it's you can do it in a less than a day. And there's that big of a difference between the ethics and morals up there or certain things compared to down here. Because there are certain things I did up there that raised eyebrows that down here wouldn't. Nobody in the South ever thinks of anything wrong with, you know, especially when you're in a small town, sticking your head out the door and going, hey, where's this to some little old lady? She'll just stop in the middle and go, well, you just need to go over here. They're real good. And, you know, you do that up north in some places, you might get a dirty look. Okay, well, then, since we've sort of defined what morals are and what ethics are, let's look at some of the more witchy aspects, <laughs> quote-unquote witchy aspects, um, of ethics and morals. Oh, you want to put that witch logic in there. <laughs> um, well, of course. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> but just in case anybody don't know, witch logic sort of goes... <laughs> it's not like your normal scientific logic. It sort of goes... Eh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does. All right, but no, I mean, let's look at some of some of the aspects of of witchcraft, like keeping your word. Let's right. Start there. Keeping your word is that moral, or is it ethics? Or well, is I mean, it both. Well, let's, let's. These are more of our ethics. So we have the the whole entire concept of keeping your word. We also have that the ethics and morals of being responsible for one's actions uh we also have you know the the concept of balance as part of our ethical framework standing strong in your beliefs and knowing why you believe what you believe right these things are important um but from these few concepts we get a lot of stuff from these but again are these morals or are they ethics these or would be both? these would be ethics that could affect your morals. Okay. Well, let's start with keeping your word. Okay. Let's delve into that a little bit. All right. Well, first of all, you got to understand why is this concept important to us? Right? And again, could be wrong, but here's my theory on it. The first spell, the first magic we ever did was reach into the ether, take an idea, and communicate it to someone else. When you start to realize how powerful this spell or this type of magic is, it changes the whole entire world. When you look at animals like dogs and other pack animals that work together, they have to sort of figure it out for themselves how to work as a group. Right. There might be a lead. There might be a lead animal and stuff like that. But then it's still its own body languages and suggestions and gestures and stuff like that, which leave a lot of room for interpretation. But when that first person looked at somebody else and went "ugh" and pointed to a tree, first of all, 
is he talking about the tree? Is he talking about a specific tree? Is it a location somewhere in the world? When you start grappling with the fact of how big some of these concepts are using language, it becomes different. Right. There's easier coordination between hunters and other people to be able to trap bigger animals because they can plan ahead. They know what they're going to do. Most pack animals don't. That they, they do, but they don't. They do it from instinct, but this is different. This is this situation's different from the last time we caught a deer. Right. So again, this becomes important to us. So we have to keep our word. If we don't, none, none of the spells or anything we do from casting circles to, you know, celebrate with the gods to casting spells aren't going to work. So this is not adaptable to your situation. This is just something that you need to do. do. Right. Because again, how are you going to cast a spell for anybody? How's anybody going to have any confidence in you when you're sitting there going, oops, that spell backfired or that spell didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. You know, you, we are supposed to be priests and priestesses of the religion. We're supposed to give out wisdom. And how can we give out wisdom when we don't even know what in the hell we're talking about? Exactly. And if we sit there and tell you, hey, we're going to call you in five minutes, that call comes. Right. Even if it's just to say, look, I can't really talk at this time. I need to call you back at a better time when we can have this discussion. Yes. Or send a text. Something, some type of communication that says either I'm going to talk to you now or I can't talk right now. What's a good time to call you back? You know, well, even those automated texts. Hey, I'm driving a car. Right. It's still a response. It's still a response. Yes, it's an automated response. But I'd rather if you are driving to get that to go, well, they're just driving. Exactly. Let's be safe about this. Let's be safe. Maybe I can call them instead and we can talk that way but again the idea there is if you say you're going to do something there you should do it there shouldn't be no questions or anything about it if you say you're going to show up at seven show up at seven i'm sorry we take oaths and keep our words all the times and deity and other things judge us on that we judge ourselves on that Absolutely. I mean, how, how reliable are you when you sit there and go, hey, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be your priest and priestess, but I'm not going to answer the phone all the time. Or I'm going to take two weeks to call you when you're in the middle of an emergency. Well, and this also ties into taking responsibility for your own actions. Well, yeah, but because again, if you're if, if you're keeping your word, you're taking that responsibility. Yes. So this leads into that is if you're not accepting responsibility for your actions, you're not keeping your word. Who's going to trust? Are you really going to trust someone who can't show that tells you all the time, hey, I'm going to show up at eight o'clock and they always show up at nine to do a freaking spell for you? How do you know it's not going to show up late? How do you know it's going to show up at all? You know, again, because words are, you know, people treat words meaningless now. It's easier to sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I'll call you back in a minute. Two days later. Two days later is not a minute. <laughs> right. You know, if you think it's going to be longer than that, hey, look, I'll, I'll call you back tomorrow. Well, that's not what I meant and, when I said and, a minute. No. Well, again, we get this concept. Well, then, 
Yeah. Why did you tell me? Why did you tell me that? Well, we also have the concept, you know, of keep your words and thoughts in order. Right. Mean what you say, say what you mean. It's not that hard. If this is what you said, this is what you meant. I shouldn't have to interpret. I shouldn't have to guess. Right. It eliminates any questions or any doubts about what you said. Right. If you just say what you mean and mean what you say, it's there. There will be no questions. I mean, don't get me wrong. Does this stuff interfere with, you know, the promises I make and trying to keep them? Does it interfere with my life? Yes. Absolutely. But I made the promise to begin with. Well, Well, then we're back to don't promise anything that you don't think you're not going to be able to do. No, I mean, when we start telling people, you know, if you sit there, because like when I'm teaching class and we're talking about this concept is, yes, if you tell me it's going to rain tomorrow and there's a chance it might not, you better be getting a, you know, a hose pipe and following me around all damn day, sprinkling water on me to make me think it's raining. Right. I don't see where people's problem is with this concept. You know, how hard is it to keep your word? You know, and and what I mean by that is you also got to be careful what you give your word to. Right. You can't just do it willy nilly and not really think about it. Be happy. Someone asking you a question to do something or to give an answer. You need to stop and listen to. Them. Well, it's like at work. I work in a hospital. And when somebody asks me to do something. say the OR calls and asks me to do something. I better make sure I know what they're asking for before I agree to do it, <laughs> because it could be something I have no idea what it is. Well, I mean, I've had one of them jobs where for many years where my job was something else. Right. And I was part of a, a department like housekeeping, but my job rarely dealt with housekeeping. Right. <laughs> you know, people relied on me to do what in the world I said I was going to do. And the order in which I said I was going to do it. You know, there had been many people over the years that suddenly get surprised where I pop up and go, hey, well, you told me six months ago you needed the table. Here, I thought this might work for you. I was going to bring it by before I took it out to the warehouse or whatever, see if you need it. Right. And the person sitting there finally seeing the table, when I'm bringing them, be, I had forgotten all about that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many people start to pay you attention when you actually start behaving this way. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to say I've had a lot of jobs where I've done that, and people become awful friendly all of a sudden. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, even at work, there's there's been people who other employees say they have problems with. But I've never had a problem with these people because I've always been forthright. I've always, everything that I've said I would do for them, I've done. Well, see, this also helps out to where if you look at somebody and go, yeah, I don't think, you know, and you're, you're sitting there looking at your watch going, well, this might not get done in this time. Now, I understand what you're asking, but no, I can't do this. I can I work d- on this tomorrow. I can work on this tomorrow, or well, you could try to get somebody else to do it on a different shift. Right. You know, or at a different time. That, to me, still being honest, I'd rather you sit there and tell me you can't do something or something's become too hard than just to not do it at all or avoid it at all cost. Right. We've had late requests come in and I've, you know, I've had to tell people it's not going to get done on this shift, but I will pass it along to the next shift 
Well, even and make sure that they take care of it. Well, even in Temple, we'll get requests. Hey, come bless my home and blah blah blah. And we're in Texas, right? I'm sorry, we're a little itty bitty Temple, and I don't have the money just to buy a plane ticket to go out to Texas for a couple of hours to bless your home. I can't promise that. And I'm straight up and honest with these people. When you come into class, I flat out tell you, hey, I'll teach you a way. What you get out of it, again, is you. Right. You get your 13 classes and, you know, you might get initiated. You might not. I just think it's easier when you're doing that, where you sort of tell the truth. Oh, absolutely. Because then you're not having to... You're not having to constantly remember, what did I tell this person? Right. What did I tell this person over here versus that person over there? Well, once you start living that way, it also becomes easier of, I promise this person I will do this to keep that. Because, again, you're, you're, it's, it's in your head that you – this is not like something you do in five seconds flat. Right. You didn't promise them it would be done right away, but you did promise them it would get done. Right. Or you, you know, you didn't promise them that you could do this, but you promised them that you would try. Try. And you explain your limitations to them. If you're just upfront and honest, it just it saves a lot of headache in the long run. Yeah. You know, and it that, helps you keep your word in the long run. You know, I mean, because a lot of people, I, I'm sorry, you get jaded because how many times do you show up for coffee and somebody don't show up? Right. How many times you? You hear, hey, yeah, 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 I, I'll come and help you move. And then when it comes down to the day, oh, no, 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 my dog's sick. What? Excuse me? You know, but then when the shoe's on the other foot, like I said, I've, I've known a lot of times where I've had to leave or stop wanting the world I'm doing to go do something else because I promised I'd go do it. Right. It might not be the most convenient time. <laughs> It's usually not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can think of some really bad places I've been, stuff I was doing. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, people sh and people start showing up for class, and you're like, uh. <laughs> like, this is not really a good time, but damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I told him I was going to do class at this time, so right. therefore, certain things, other things have to wait. Right. And it's not just the fact that they're at the door. And going out there and telling them, well, we're not going to do class today or come back in 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Can you just go up the road no. for a few minutes? Maybe stop and get something to eat. Yeah. Come back. Come back in about an hour. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Again, you told a student, right? This time, they showed up at that time. They expect things to start at that, that time. time, because you said so. So you literally have to drop whatever else it is that you were doing. Well, so so let's think about this in the pagan community. How much effort do you think it takes on my part to keep my mouth shut when you show up to a witchy or whatever event? And there's supposed to be something going on at a specific time, like ritual. And you're there and you're standing there, you know, mouth gape, ready to start the whole nine yards. And everybody else is just nowhere to be found. 
Right. But yet you're sitting there with a brochure that says, hey, ritual will start. The opening ritual for this gather will start at this time. Right. And then it's 15, 20, 30 minutes, 45 minutes later. Five hours later. (laughs) Or it just doesn't happen. All right. I mean, okay. And then you're supposed to be casting circle. You can't even tell us what time to show up for circle. The half circle, how in the world are you going to facilitate that spiritual thing? How in the world can you sit there and say, yes, this is what we are doing as a group with our abilities? How am I supposed to believe you? You can't even show up on time. Right, because that is a very spiritual thing. And yeah, again, if you don't have... This ties in with if you don't have your spiritual life in balance, (laughs) nothing else falls in place. Right. Which is another one of our. (laughs) Well, and again, just like, you know, we talked about spirituality and mundane. Hence the reason we separated, because, yes, when you go into the spiritual, it puts you more into that chaos and random time for these people that stay in this type of state is irrelevant. Right. So there's got to be somebody to sit there, and well, normally it falls upon our priestesses to do this. It's the priest's job to go, hey, it's time, you know, you got five minutes, ritual's about to start. Get your stuff together. You know, and there shouldn't be an argument there. You're the priestess, you said you would do this, therefore you are. Right, but we, you know, it's, it's, I'm of the belief, and I believe you are too, that you can't spend all your time in the spiritual realm of things. Oh, you not. have to you have to come back. You have to ground. You have to be in this world. So you have to operate in this world. So you need to spend time in this world. World. You know, it's not gonna go away. It's not gonna make it any easier. Would we all just love to spend time in the spiritual realm? Of course we would. It's so much better. <laughs> but we can't. No. We have people to interact with. We have things we have. We have responsibilities. Priests and priestesses have responsibility. And no, you can't be, you know, there are times that we have to, as a priest, that I got to put off what I want to do, spiritually or not, to help somebody else out. Right. I get texts and stuff. Hey, you busy? I got a question. So go figure. Right. So I'm about out of coffee. Oh, good, because I'm out of coffee, too. (laughs) I guess when we come back, we'll finish the ethics and morals talk. Sure, yes. All right. Thank you for listening to Pagan Coffee Talk. I hope you join us next week. We travel down this trodden path, the maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks.